for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is October 19th, 2021. And today's episode is 184, and we're just going to run it. Today's episode is going to be a recap of my Illinois buck that I shot a couple days ago. What a hunt. What a slow, actually terrible hunt, like week of hunting. But we're going to get into it today. I'm excited about reliving this because uh, I think it's going to be really cool. Uh, On the other line, I have not a lot of you've probably heard from him <laughs> sarcastically uh Tyler Bentley my buddy Tyler is back and he is going to be just kind of navigating the conversation with me as well because he doesn't know a lot about this story he knows I killed he doesn't know a lot of the ins and outs and finer details of everything so that is what we're going to do today so Tyler he can hear me he's on the other line what's going on man hey what's going on man nothing it you know we're recording today it's it's Monday the 18th obviously this is going live on the 19th so we're recording the day before it's going to go live but you know a couple days ago obviously I killed a great buck in Illinois and I cannot wait to like relive this story with you and then excuse me and tell everybody out there because people have been hitting me up like crazy like can't wait to hear this on the podcast so today's the day I say we get right into this heck yeah man it's pretty awesome AB went and got it done nice and early in October so I'm excited to hear it yeah, and honestly, it was a monkey off my back because, you know, I've I've killed a buck on like a good buck on October 1st, like we've talked about before, you and I talked about a couple episodes ago. And then the the most success I've had or like the closest to October 1st has been October 18th and on, like later. So this being October 13th falling like kind of right in the middle of that like quote-unquote lull period if you want to call it that. Um it's pretty cool because I learned a ton and it was really neat how all this went down. And there were some, there were some contributing factors that happened while this was going on. I mean, 
just first and foremost, the weather was absolutely terrible. I mean, it was either 85 to 90 degrees every day, or there was monsoon like rainfall, or there's two days that we had a tornado right close to the town we were hunting. So it's like, it was like one extreme to the next and it never really got that cold. So the odds, I think, I feel like were stacked against me and honestly, whoever was hunting in the area or, you know, we're having the same kind of, kind of conditions. So that was pretty cool to overcome that, but also see it all unfold and like really ask the questions, why did it unfold and like put the pieces together. So I learned a lot in that aspect. I, I will say that. Yeah, dude, that's super cool. I'm, I'm excited to hear like the, the details and kind of how it went because, you know, the lull is kind of like arguably the hardest time of the hunter's whitetail season to kill a deer. So to kill it during that time frame, I'm, I'm really curious, like what you did and what led up to the events and, and how it all went down. Yeah. So just to kind of set the stage, uh, Illinois this year, it, there's been two states that I've, you know, hunted and I have yet to kill a deer, a kill a buck in, um, Illinois and Ohio. So I haven't hunted Illinois since 2013. Um, but you know, Kansas, Iowa, Missouri, uh, I can't remember Michigan. I feel like there's one more state in there too as well, but I've been able to kill bucks in those states. So going into this year, like Illinois and Ohio were on the list. Like I really want to check those off the box and, and really try to get it done. So my plan going into this was I'm going to put like a six to eight day trip in, in October, kind of feel it out. Uh, I've never hunted this farm before. So I kind of wanted to see how the deer were using it, how things were unfolding. And then if I didn't kill, I was slated for the 12th through the 17th was going to be my rut hunt in Illinois. Um, but obviously I've, I filled my tag. So the rut hunt won't be happening in Illinois. So, um, <laughs> No, th- that was the plan, and you know Casey was going down with me. He, we have another farm that he was going to be getting on and and doing some things on as well. I wasn't going to be hunting that farm, but you know I, I've had some I've had some cell cams out, or I've I've had cell cams coming through on my phone uh, all summer uh, on the farm that I was hunting, and some good deer showing up. One this one big five by six that is like. I would say he's close to 160 inches. One picture of him in the summer in velvet and have yet to get a picture of him since. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you know, going into this, I know there's good deer on this farm, but it's like, you know, who's going to show up and where is this, like this big deer is in the back of my mind. Like, where is he at? I really want to figure this out. So that's kind of like setting the stage of, you know, the the layout of what the trips were going to be like and you know, if, if I wasn't to kill, then I was going to come back later kind of thing. But, um, I, yeah, I don't know what, uh, <clears throat> so what was the reason you were going down there that early? Because that's like a lot of guys don't really plan like an, you know, mid to early October trip. So what was your thought process going down there? You know, that early? Well, <clears throat> the thought process was, is honestly, like I just said, just kind of get into the farm, see what's there. I really wasn't going to get in too tight to, you know, in the thick of the woods, it was going to be more of like just sitting some observation sits. All the crop is up. There's been a ton okay. of rain down there. Like there's standing corn, standing beans everywhere. So I honestly felt like hunting cornfields as well, like on the edge of cornfields and find some pinches, some inside corners, uh, getting into those, like really just kind of like letting it play out, see what happened, kind of take inventory in like really 
you know, not be out of the game, still be in the game and maybe get it done kind of thing. I really wasn't going to push in, but the plan was we left on the 6th of October. I was going to hunt 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and then we're going to come home 14. So we're going to be there for, you know, roughly, you know, eight days, nine days, something like that. Um, and just kind of feel it out. You know, that was going to be the, the big plan. I got you. That's pretty cool. Yeah, just Illinois opens October 1st, doesn't it? Yep, yep. Okay, so, so really that's like an early October trip then. Yeah, like it a really r- early is. season. Yep, and you know, when we were driving down too, I was like constantly looking at Weather Underground and, and everything and just kind of seeing what the pressure is going to be doing, what the temp's going to be doing. And we were driving down Wednesday the 6th, and I remember looking at Casey saying, dude, Tuesdays, and Wednesday next week, so the 12th, 13th, are going to be the best days. Because the pressure was, you know, from when we were there, it was like peak pressure, and then it was falling off the rest of the week. And then it was starting to gradually come up on the 12th, and then it was going to peak on the 13th. Well, what was making that happen was they were calling for rain on 11, 12, 13, like in that time frame. But, you know, that's a week out. So to me, they're calling for rain. It's like, well, it could happen or it probably won't happen kind of thing. So it's like, it's, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but I did know that there was going to be hot temps. I mean, there was going to be 80 to 90 degree weather the whole time. Um, right. So that was just something I was just trying to like game plan 30,000 foot view, like what my, what my path was going to be. And then I was just going to adapt from there basically. I got you. So I, I hunt Missouri obviously, and I, I don't know about Illinois, but Missouri, Missouri had a, like a pretty dry, year for the most part they didn't have a lot of rain this year so if you got rain in the forecast or rain that's coming through i feel like it might even amplify that movement more than it normally would you know in a in a droughty year where you know if you got rain coming in that could be really good yeah and you know you and i have talked about that on the podcast recently you know lauren she killed that buck in missouri right after a rain um earlier in october when i was hunting here in michigan the opener night, it didn't rain, but the second night it rained all day and I got in the stand and I had an encounter with the buck I was trying to kill at 80 yards. Um, so it's just that, you know, the rain, it kind of gets the deer up and moving. And in my instance, like Casey and I've killed some good bucks over the years, getting in while it's raining and then it's stopping and the deer just getting up and moving. And yeah. a couple a couple ways I, I treat that is like either the deer are laying down, getting wet under something, and then they're going to get up and they're just going to kind of, they need to dry off. They, you know, it, it, it makes them get up earlier, I feel like. Um, for, for sure. They can, they can smell a little bit better. They're probably yep. soaking wet from laying there. So getting up, getting out in the middle of a field, shaking off, trying to get some sunshine or especially if you get sunshine after rain, I noticed that's like huge too. Yep. Like when the cloud cover clears out, they'll they'll go to like a sunny spot in the field. You watch, they won't stay in the shade. They'll actually go into the sun. It's pretty crazy to see. But um, do you feel like the rain fronts work all year, or do you feel like that's like an early season type thing? I honestly do feel like it works most of the year. I shouldn't say all year. I would say October into November. But the thing yeah. is, with November, I mean the deer are so stupid. They have one thing on their mind. It's like rain or shine, snow, sleet, whatever. Don't They're care. Be, you know, I feel like they don't really care. But yeah. early season, I think it's dynamite. I mean, you know, they're still kind of in that pattern of like bed to food, you know, not getting too far from uh, food where they're going to be bedding. So it's like, you know, they're probably laying down most of the day. And then once that rain hits, getting soaked, let's get up. Like you said, 
you know, they can smell better, their their senses and their nose and everything like that. Everything kind of heightens and, you know, you get that you get that smell even as humans like after a rain it smells like earth. It smells right. like dirt, you know, it just got that nice it opens up your nasal cavity and you can smell really good. And I feel like deer kind of do the same thing to where it opens and heightens all that sense of smell and I feel like they're a little more on alert, but they are it gives them some sort of calming effect. I yeah, it's like. like comfortability, you know, knowing that they can they can already smell great, but they can smell even better just with that when their nasal glands are moist, they can actually smell better. So Right. Yep. Yeah. That makes total sense. So you got rain coming at the beginning and the end of your trip or just one of I can't so remember. So it was me. gonna happen it rained okay, so if we we get there the night of the sixth, I'm trying to remember. Wednesday the sixth. Okay. Um seven. I needed to go hang some stands. So like mid morning, midday on the seventh, I go hang a stand for that night. We actually did a hang and hunt, hung it, got in it, saw two does. We were sitting on a food plot, um, a food plot that had been showing bucks more in the morning, uh, in daylight, but it was like moving, clo- you know, closer and closer to to dark movement. But I wanted to get in there because obviously trail cams only show so much. You know, it doesn't mean that the bucks are coming right by the camera all the time. I mean, they could be skirting the camera. It was a big food plot. So um, decided to do that, saw two does, went back to that stand in the morning, the next morning, so it had been the morning of the 8th, saw nothing. Uh, And then it was like, okay, am I hurting myself coming in in the morning? Am I blowing deer not knowing it? Didn't really know, you know, but I didn't see a deer that morning. We decided to go to a different stand that night. And... This was a complete blind, like it going in at blind. It was on an inside corner. I talked about this with Kurt Geyer a little bit on the last podcast. Inside corner of a of a cornfield, but I couldn't get right on the corner just because of the wind and how it was swirling uh, in there. And we encountered a real big eight pointer, like you know pushing one forties type mainframe eight pointer. Oh wow! And he yeah, and he was at fifty yards. Couldn't get a. I mean, I could have shot him. But I just didn't feel comfortable with the shot. He wouldn't stop. I didn't want to stop him that far away. But he came in like last light. Like it was, you know, like they normally do. Last light. And that was the only deer we saw that night. Um, hmm. So in three sits, we've only seen three deer and skunked once. Um, but the next day, it would have been the morning of the 9th, I went back into the food plot in the morning, got in real early. Like we were sitting an hour before crack a day because I felt like I wanted to get in early just in case, you know, we were bumping deer or, you know, getting out there before the deer. Didn't see another deer again. So Casey and I kind of convened like what's going on. I really felt like we were bumping deer. So that was like the last straw of my morning hunting. I didn't want to get in in the mornings anymore. Yeah. Um, I just felt like I was doing more harm than good. And that was the last morning I hunted. For sure, man. I've, I've had that conversation with my buddy Ryan Scornica. They go to they go to Illinois. They go hunting a lot, and they might only have a two or three day window to hunt, and they'll hunt mornings. I'm like, man, why are you guys hunt mornings? He's like, man, when you drive ten hours away, and you only have three hunts. Well, if you hunt mornings, now you got six hunts. So you're kind of stuck in in that line between, do I hunt mornings and get more hunts, or do I just hunt evenings? But you know, like you said. Um, See, that's the thing that sucks is you never know if you're doing something wrong. Like a deer won't tell you when you screwed up. You know, if you're going in there and you bump a deer, maybe he didn't jump out of his bed. He just stayed bedded. And then when he finally did get up, instead of coming by you, he went the other way. 
So that that's the one thing that sucks is, you know, when you're hunting in the morning, you never know when you did something wrong. Yeah, but, and, and all the entry to this farm was through an ag field. So yeah. it, I didn't really have a great spot to get in in the morning. So that was like an easy, you know, I'm not going to do that. I, I just wrote it off. It, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I was putting all my chips in the evening sit basket, and it was a little easier because I knew I was coming back if I needed to. So I didn't want to push the fact and like really pressure the farm and blow it up. Right. Um, so that was my whole game plan with that. Well, you could tell that, you know, going in in the morning sits, you were seeing less deer and then the evening sits, you were seeing more deer. So you're kind of thinking, oh, maybe these morning sits, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm bumping stump, bump, bumping something, or maybe they're seeing me walk in or whatever it may be. Yep. And I would say too, for anybody out there listening, like really, if you're in this situation, in this time frame, I mean, in the rut, I wouldn't have cared. The rut, I'd have got in. You know, usually no those deal. deer, yeah, no big deal. Usually those deer, not saying they're not out in the fields eating in the morning and everything, because they are. But you know, I think they tolerate a little bit more because they're so, you know, jacked up on testosterone and chasing does and everything. Right now, I mean, they're so relaxed. They're so, you know, you bump a deer, you might not see them again for a little while. So, um, right. If you don't have bulletproof entry in the mornings and even exit, but like entry in the mornings, really, I mean, you got to make that decision. Yes or no. Don't go in, go in. I, you know, totally wrote it off. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things like, do you want more sits or do you want more high quality sits? That's exactly right. So that, that's really what it comes down to. And if you don't have perfect access early October, like you said, you know, he's on a pattern. And if you go in there in the morning, you bump him you might just bump him off that pattern. He might do something else somewhere else. So it yep. just kind of gets tricky. So, Yeah, so the next day would have been, um, oh boy, where are we at? The night of the, oh man, the ninth, I think. I think it was the night of the ninth. Yeah, I think it was the night of the ninth. No, we hunted that morning, went in. Anyway, I can't remember. It was the next day. We didn't hunt the morning. Um, went back into that inside corner of that cornfield. And we got in, set up. It was like just before five we were set up. And we're sitting there and I'm trying to stop sweating because it's so hot out. And, you know, I'm walking in with a t-shirt on, taking another t-shirt with me or another shirt, changing the shirt when I get in the stand after I stop sweating, you know, (laughs) stuffing the other shirt away. And it's like, it's just, it's not, it's not the most fun to be honest no. with you, but I want to be hunting. So I'm just going to deal with it. It's like 87 degrees. I think that day and, um, hot. it's hot <laughs> Five thirty rolls around and we hear this cough, a deer cough down. I mean, it had to been, I don't know, within a hundred yards for sure. It sounded like it was close in the thick stuff. And Casey was like, do you hear that? And I said, yeah, that, I mean, that was a deer for sure. It was a deer. And it was off to my left. I'm facing the corner, like of the corn, and it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't very long after. All of a sudden, I see tines coming out into the field, and I'm like, holy, I said, shooter, Casey, shooter, big deer, shooter. I just kept saying it, shooter, shooter, like, and I jumped to my feet to grab my bow, and there was two deer coming up the the gully behind us, and they were does, and they saw me get up, and they blew and, and ran oh. off. No, And I'm like, crap. But at that point, they were on one side of the stand. He was on the exact opposite of the stand. So he didn't really get boogered at all. Okay. So he's standing in this cornfield. And I'm like trying to figure out like, 
Obviously, I know he's a shooter, and it happened to be that six by five that we haven't seen all year, or all you know since that picture in the summer. Okay, and it's him, one hundred percent him. He is a giant. I mean, he is all of one hundred sixty inches. Oh. You know, you'd have to, you'd have to ground check him to to see if he's bigger or smaller, plus or minus. But I mean, if I had to put a number on him, he's one sixty, if Dang. not a little bigger. Good, good buck, real good deer. This is five thirty in the afternoon. So this is something Kurt and I talked about last week on the podcast as well. Is like he kind of brought it up. It's like you know if you hear those deer cough or sneeze, it's usually like in his experience, it's when they kind of get out of bed. In my yeah. experience, that's the same thing. Like usually that deer gets up and he's coughing and he's like kind of stretching, doing his thing. I think he was bedded right there within. I'm gonna say within a hundred to 150 yards, somewhere in that that area. Dang, and close. I think. Real close, and I think that's why we caught him at 5.30 in the afternoon. Well, when he presented a little bit of a shot window, he was at 60 yards, and and it wasn't even an option. I mean, I, I, you know, yeah, too far. He was on a mission. He was eating corn. He was trying to get away. Like, not trying to get away, but he he wanted to go west when we were east. So Casey didn't get any footage of him, but it it was a good encounter. So I'm like, okay, he's here. Um you know, I'm going to hone in on this deer because I've been trying to figure out where he's at. Now I found him. Right. And you kind of got a rough idea where he's at too, like where he could potentially be betting at. Right. Right. Uh, Yeah. I gotcha. So you're, you're obviously like on the fringe a little bit. You're not in the timber. You're like on the edge. Yes. Yep. So, well, the stand location itself was not like right on the edge because we couldn't get that close. Like we could, if we could have been right on that, 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 uh, um, if we could have been right on that field edge, he would have been a dead deer. But honestly, I would have killed that eight pointer the night before. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, so that was that was just the way it was, and we couldn't get on that edge because of the swirling wind. It just, no matter what way we shook it, when we went and checked it out, th- I was throwing milkweed and everything, and it was just swirling there. You know, we yeah. couldn't. The wind was out of the south. But it would blow out of the north, like out of the south, and turn around, come and swirl around back. The, and it's like we knew deer were bedded down in there, and we just couldn't get in tight enough. Um, I got you. So you got some hills, I'm assuming, where you're at, too, yeah. swirling like that. Yep, yep, there was some hills. And they were bedded. These deer were bedded on these little knobs. like, And it was like a finger of timber dividing two ag fields. And when I say finger, I mean, it was big. It, it was a couple hundred, hundred yards wide. Okay. You know, it wasn't just like a fence row with timber. It was a, a good finger, but there was some high spots in there, and I figured that's where the deer were bedding because they're up high, they get good wind there, you know, the thermals, and they could see. You know, they could see. And the good thing about that is we were using the standing corn to come in. I mean, we were coming right down the middle of the cornfield. We weren't staying on any edges. We were coming right down the middle of the cornfield using the standing corn as as cover. Oh, that's good. That's a good idea. Yep. So that happened, didn't hunt the next morning, same conditions coming into the next night, and we decided to get on that corner, that field edge corner, get in tight, but we sat on the ground. We had There was a deadfall right there. Uh, there was a deadfall, and we figured that we could get the most consistent win, and the reason being there really wasn't a tree right there that we could get into, but the best way I can describe this is Coming into the, the the lower point of this field, there is a huge ditch. I mean, it was like a washout ditch. And 
the it's kind of hard to explain, but it the wind would come up that ditch and then it would swirl from there. But we were just off of that ditch, I think close enough to where when it took our wind, it like took it straight, it'd be north, straight north, and the deer would be coming out from the south. But there was no tree there, so we had to get on the ground. Okay. So we're like, this is the best option. And we cut 40 yards off of from the other tree stand. I see. So we, so we would have been closer, but we didn't see any deer that night. And nothing happened. Anticipation was flipping high, though, man. I was like, <laughs> if he steps out, we're 20 yards from the trail that they these two deer stepped out on. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, he's a done deal if he steps yeah. out. It seems like whenever you're sitting on the ground, you're just pins and needles, dude. Like, but <laughs> you you only want to move four inches to knock on. So you're sitting in like a half uncomfortable position, just waiting, pins and needles. Yep. So yeah, that's that's cool. So the next day would be Monday the 11th. Rain all day and tornado. So there was a tornado that was close by that touchdown the uh, to the town to the north of us, not very far. I mean, it rained all day. It, it didn't stop. So I was kind of writing Monday off. It was supposed to rain all night. So I, I was trying to do some projects. Obviously, I'm still working on the road, got my computer, editing, all that stuff. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to take the evening off. It's raining. And I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll hit it uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. We're going to leave Thursday. And the rain ended up stopping at like 4.35 o'clock, which... Oh, wow. Which you're pushing to, in my opinion, you're pushing, it might have been a little after five, you're pushing like getting into a stand. Like it's getting kind of yeah, late. You want to be in late. before then. Yeah. yeah. You would want to get in during the rain at that point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And sitting on my computer, it's six o'clock, my phone goes off and I could see that it was a cell cam and I'm like, please, please don't be, <laughs> please, please don't be a shooter. Open it up. <laughs> Who is it? It's the six by five daylight at six <laughs> o'clock, right after the rain stopped. Of course. I'm like, are you kidding me? And he's in the bottom of a, uh, he's in a bottom bean field. There's hills on each side. Okay. There's just a strip of beans, a little field uh, that these, this farmer came in and farmed. And he daylights right after him, another old buck, like uh, just a shit deer. I mean, he's probably. He looks like he's a seven with some trash at the base, so I don't know actually know what he's gonna like have for scoreable points. But you can tell this deer is like seven or eight years old. Big old chest, old face, like just tank. a shit deer. Yeah, yeah, just a tank. And he's literally coming by a by a cell cam, which if you guys are looking for any trail cams or cell cams, go check out ExodusOutdoorGear.com. The 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 Exodus Render is a great cell cam. Uh, there's a five year warranty. And, uh, yeah, go check those guys out and order a new render camera. So anyway, with that, these deer are coming by this cell cam that there's a tree stand 10 yards from it already there. Like, and nobody has sat in this thing all year. Like it's unpressured. So the thing was, is like, we we're having South winds, which was good for that stand. It was probably the best wind for that stand. Um, but obviously it's already six o'clock. It's going to get dark in 45 minutes. There's no way I'm going to be able to get, it. I mean, the deer already worked yeah, through. It wasn't even an option, you know, it yeah. wasn't even, it's just like one of those things. Okay. You beat me, you know, <laughs> should have went in and you beat me. But honestly, I, w- I wouldn't have went to that stand. I I'll be totally honest with you. I would have, I would have rolled the hole at the, at the inside corner at the cornfield, you know, cause I knew there was two shooters there and I would have done that. Yeah. So, 
Well, that, that's where your MRI was. That's where your, you know, you just had encounters. That's where you just saw deer. You know, even if that weather front was going to stop at that time, you would have went there, not to the other spot, like you're saying. Right. Yeah. So that makes sense. So coming into, that was Monday the 11th, uh, coming into Tuesday, uh, I hunted a different spot because I wanted to shoot a doe. Um, on a different farm, they wanted some does taken on where Casey was hunting. I uh, wanted some does taken off, so I'm like, I'll go and shoot a doe. And uh, actually never had a doe come close enough. So <laughs> Of course. Dude, that, that's and, the trick. If you go on a doe hunt, you'll never kill a doe. <laughs> right. And I, this day, it was hotter than the hinges of Haiti. Like, it was close to 90 degrees. You know, a day, honestly, my head, where my headspace was, is like, okay, this trip's rode off. I'm going to come back in the rut. I don't want to push the fact anymore. We're leaving in two days. You know, if they want a doe killed, I'll get a doe killed, that kind of thing. But it, I, I honestly wrote it off. I was like, I, you know, I don't know if this is going to happen. Like, you know, it just, it is what it is. So never got an opportunity that night. Came into the next morning, which was Wednesday the 13th. And wake up and I'm working. And all of a sudden you can hear rain hit the windows. And I'm like, oh, it's raining. Didn't even know it was really supposed to rain because I, like I said, I kind of wrote it off. Like I didn't look at the weather. I was just in one of those moods. And I looked at the weather and I'm like, boy, it's going to rain like all day, like until 3, 34 o'clock. And then a light bulb went off. I'm like, Ooh. I'm getting in and I'm going to, and I looked at the wind. It was a south wind. And I'm getting into that bottom stand with that deer daylight. And I'm like, it's the same conditions. Why wouldn't he do it twice? Right. You know, like it's the best piece of information I have. So I'm going to do that. You know, so that was the game plan for that evening. I know you had some questions. I don't know if you have any questions for this, but I, I will say the big thing for this, this sit this night was entry. Like it was a big deal. Entry was, was huge, um, to get in this because like I said, I was in a bottom field and across from the field from where I was going to be sitting was this ditch and it went up into some timber and that whole hillside was betting. Um, I figured that's where deer were going to be betting. And I wanted to be quiet and just get in real quick. And I was going to film myself. Uh, Casey had some other things he was doing. I was filming myself. So I was like, well, I'm just going to see what happens here. That was kind of the scenario with that. Yeah. That sounds like a good plan. I mean, you had, you had a trail cam photo of that deer doing that when the rain stopped, you know, and then you got the same exact situation coming in. So you're going to that spot. That makes, makes perfect sense. Yep. So on camera, every time we get deer on this camera, doesn't matter if it's does, bucks, whatever, the camera's facing straight south. The deer are coming from the west, going east, northeast, I think. Going east. I think it was going east. But they were they were going from camera on from the camera from right to left. And so the stand is, you know, facing to the northeast i believe another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So I'm like, I get up in the stand. Well, first of all, let me backtrack. I decided to take an electric ranger in because it was a long walk. It was, I mean, we're talking a mile, if not. And it was muddier than all muddy because it had rained for two days, basically. And I'm like, man, if I can get within a couple hundred yards of this stand and stay low in the field, that's what I'm going to do. Because obviously it still is kind of warm. It was in like the upper 70s, even though it was a big drop. You know what I mean? It was close to 90 and it, it dropped 10, 12 degrees in a day, like in a day's period. So I'm like, that's a good, that's a good drop. I'll take that, you know, right now. Yeah. Um, my plan was to take electric ranger. So I took the electric ranger in and I got within probably 250 yards from the stand. Eh, maybe a little farther, but anyway, pretty close, I, it, close. Yeah. Well, you know, it might've been a little farther than that. Anyway, it was 250, 300, 350 yards, somewhere in that range. But I was up top. So, like I said, this field was in the bottom. It was in a bottom, like a bottom bean field. Um, and if I had to guess, it'd probably be the the field would probably be 200 yards long by 60 yards wide. So, technically, okay. if you wanted to shoot across the field, you could. You know, it's a poke, but you could. I see. So, the plan was to park in this little bottom um, on the edge of a bean field. And then I, I literally walked probably 60 yards the wrong direction to get low so the deer wouldn't see me if they were bedded on this hillside. I see. And, yep, so I, the deer, I had, to go, I had to go north to get to my stand. I went southwest first to get like 50, 60 yards away, and then I started going, chipping my way north. Like I took a, like a weird path. But I felt like that's what I had to do. Didn't know if deer were better there or not, but you got to, like me, I, I feel like you have to. Pretend they are. Yes. You almost, you almost want to like stalk, pretend you're stalking your tree stand in a way. So it's like, yep. yeah, yeah, you could have cut straight across to your stand, but you would have, you would have stuck out. You could have bumped stuff, you know, going out of, out of the way and staying low and pretending you're on a stalk, you know, try to get to my stand without spooking deer. That's, that's a For good, sure. good idea. Yeah. So. I went, I went a little ways out of the way to get where I needed to go. Well, as I'm starting to make, like, I'm going downhill, and I'm probably within 100 yards of the stand at this point, two does jump up, and they're better, right, right behind the stand, kind of, like, up the hill from the stand. Oh, dang. And I watched them run off. They don't, they don't really blow out of there, but I'm like, okay, it was two does, and I'm looking for other deer. Didn't see another deer run. So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I got to get to the stand. And just get up there and get everything. Because I know I got to set up a tree arm. I got to set a camera arm up. I got to put the camera on there. I got to get my bow ready. I got to like, you know, <laughs> like rattling all this stuff off. It's like, I got to get there. So I got to the stand. And right when I got to the base of the stand, I throw some milkweed. And it's, the wind's blowing perfect. I'm like, just stay, stay true. Stay true the whole night if I can. And if this deer, if this deer daylights, he is going to be within 20 yards. You know, it's, it's done deal. I get up in the stand, get everything situated. I do a talk to the camera. I do some filming, and then I'm like, okay, I'm hunting. Like, I'm not going to touch a camera for a while. Like, I, I am scanning. I am, for some odd reason, you know, normally I get on my phone, 
you know, and luckily I didn't have any service because there was that no helps. service in this bottom. It <laughs> helps a lot. But like every time I'd take my phone out to like do something, something was like telling me just like stop doing that with your phone. I've never had that feeling before, you know, and it was just like some something was telling me like stop worrying about your phone. Yeah, when you got that high anticipation, man, like you, like you just had a daylight walker after a rainstorm yeah. and it's after a rainstorm, you're like, I don't care about my phone right now. <laughs> yep. Which, yep. That's, you kind of got that feeling, you know. Yep. So the rain stopped at 3.30. I was set in my stand by 4.30. Like I was hunting at 4.30. And it was getting dark at, uh, I think I, I don't think I could have filmed until 7. It was like right before 7 o'clock. Filming was like done. So I get in the stand and I'm boring holes down this, down to the right of this plot or this bean field. And I'm like, they're going to be coming from there. I know they are. I was throwing milkweed constantly all night just to make sure everything was staying true. And uh, night goes on, don't see anything. I'm like, this sucks. Oh, <laughs> I get no. immediately, you know, it's getting to be 6 o'clock, and it's like, okay, the the weather's starting to change a little bit. It's getting a little uh, a little cooler. It feels really good. You know, it's probably low 70s to upper 60s, like somewhere in there, feeling good. I'm like, okay, it's got to happen. I'm leaving tomorrow. Like, it's got to happen, got to happen time goes by I'm, I'm looking at my watch constantly looking at my watch nothing's happening all of a sudden up the hill behind me 40 yards I mean there's so much foliage on the trees 40 yards I hear a deer coughing I'm like that's him gotta be him you know like that big deer because two days ago when I or three days ago go when I encountered him he coughed and I'm not that every other deer <laughs> I was telling myself <laughs> this has got to be him it's you know be him this deer sits in the same spot and coughs 60 times, will not move. Dude, he's got he a case of the COVID. Something. that he's, <laughs> he, You know, he could have been dying up there, I guess. I am boring holes in the foliage, like getting down on my stand, like see if I get a different vantage point to look through the binos just to see if there's something, like what it is. My heart's starting to pump a little bit. I'm like, man, all this deer has got to do is he's got to walk 30 yards and he shows himself, you know. I'm like, please, you know, just come down. All of a sudden, on the corner of my eye, there's this ditch across the across the bean field from me, 60 yards. Here comes a doe and two fawns. I'm like, all right. They're, they're working right into the field, and they're going north, so they're going to go away from me. I'm like, okay. So deer starting to move. Deer getting up, you know. This deer behind me still coughing, still coughing. Five minutes goes by. It's like quarter after six. And I look at the camera, I get my settings right. Cause I'm like thinking something's going to happen right now. I feel like something's going to come out and I just need to be able to grab the camera and go. And Point and shoot, ready to yep. go. Exactly. So I look at the camera, I get my settings adjust. I ca- I'm glassing up behind me. All of a sudden out the corner of my eye again, I look over where that doe and, these, that doe and the fawns were. And there's a big deer. And all, the first thing I noticed was he's got a huge chest huge neck huge body and then his antlers are huge and i'm like i picked the binos up right away and he's got mass for days and i'm like that's him like i was thinking it's the six by five so i i've got a checklist it's the chest body antlers you know is he old enough shooter kind of thing there was no like it was for sure a shooter He's like, yep, yep, and yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. He turns his head and kind of looks towards me, not at me, but like to kind of, he's like scanning the field before he comes in. He's at 60 yards right now, and I'm like 100% shooter, 
And now I'm finding out where I can shoot him from. If he works, you know, I'm thinking he's going to follow the does and go away from me. Right. You're trying to find where you're going to shoot him at, like try to find a a pocket or, you know, whatever. Yep. And these does have worked off to the end of the field where I can't see because there's so much foliage on the trees. And so I see that he's a huge, heavy nine pointer. And I'm like, for sure. I'm like, this deer has got to be in the one forties. Like, and then it, I just put it out of my head. So now I'm film mode. I'm filming him. He's coming back into the, the producer. field. <laughs> yep, back to producer. He's working to the northwest, so he's kind of paralleling me a little bit. And I kind of look in front of him, and I'm like, okay, this is one pocket I have. I can shoot him here if he gets there. And he's working that way, but he's working slow. He's, like, you know, working real slow. And I'm filming him, and finally I get probably two minutes of footage of him. And now I'm like, okay, put the camera on that pocket, let him work in the pocket, and then t- Hunter takes over kind of thing. Yep, got some good pre-roll. Now he needs to work his way this way. Yep, I had another camera rolling, so it was on me in the tree as well. He gets close to that pocket to where I can range him. I go to full draw. I range him 54 yards. Oh, and then the boy. camera the camera moves and hits me in the face. So I had to come, <laughs> I had to come from full draw. I had to... Uh, let down and get the camera, put my bow down, get the camera situate, lock the camera down. And by that time he had took a couple more steps, which was fine. Cause the more steps he took, the the more he was getting clear for me to shoot him. Okay. And, uh, I go to full draw, arrange him again, 54 yards again. He doesn't have a care in the world. I, t- I kept telling myself, make sure his front leg opens up before I shoot him. Yep. He and I wasn't gonna stop him. I made that mistake last year in Michigan. Forty six yards that he ducked my arrow when I stopped and the deer was alert. I'm like, this deer he has no idea nobody's here. Yep, don't alert him if you don't gotta. Exactly. And uh he took a step forward, I put the pin on him and I just the bow went off. It surprised the hell out of me. It went off. <laughs> and arrow flew, light and knock went off, and all I heard was smack. Like I could hear it hit him. He runs back from where he came from. I took put my bow down. I get the camera and I'm getting him run off the field. But he's this is where I had a huge buzz kill. His tail was up and he was just bounding. Like not running hard like a like a hit deer should run. Okay. Like a deer like you'd missed him is like he he's bounding off like you scared him. Like what what was that? Oh no. Yeah, he runs 50 yards up this little valley. And all I can see is his head behind this bush, and he stops, and he looks back to where I shot him at. Like, right? what, what was know, that? What exactly. It's exactly what I was thinking. He's like, what is that? All of a sudden, I he, I see his head turn, and I thought he ran up the hill. And I'm like, oh, God, did I just miss him? Like, I'm thinking, what happened? Did I graze his belly? Did I miss him? I know it was a poke, but I felt really good about it. And I want to go, go back to that real quick, too. The Monday, the day that the big deer daylighted in this in this spot, after it stopped raining and I couldn't go hunting, I went out and shot my bow from an elevated position, and I shot at 60 yards a couple times, and I Robin Hooded an arrow at 48 yards, like tubed an arrow. I was shooting really well, and I was shooting at 60 yards, and I, I just wanted to, you know, I haven't shot my bow in like a week and a half. I, were, I went out and shot like 20 arrows, and it felt really good. Honestly, I felt like having that shoot, like having that practice session really gave me the confidence to be able to shoot this deer that far. 
Like yeah, I, that, I, you that's know, a I was, long ways. It is. It really is. And I, I, I really felt like that was like because when I pulled back and put fifty four yards on him, not even a like not a word of a lie. I didn't have any thing in my head saying that's far. Don't shoot that deer. It was confidence. Like I was confident. Wow. And so that just goes back to like saying usually I don't shoot my bow much in the fall. Like it's nice to go just shoot a couple arrows, you know, and just keep that like confidence up. So that was just a little rabbit hole I want to go through. Yeah, but yeah. It's a lot of people don't shoot their bow in the fall. I don't know. Do you shoot your bow in the fall? I, yeah, definitely not as much as I should. You know what right. I mean? You get you right. get caught up in your bow in your back seat, and you're trying to get it, and you're trying to rush to go hunting, and then you're like, oh, man, it's been four sits. I probably should go shoot my bow. Yeah. Yeah, so I really honestly feel like that session two days prior to this was really a good deciding factor to help me like make this shot. Yeah, you're not second-guessing anything. It sounds no. like another thing that was huge factor too is like you know those long shots those deer need to be like so calm like yep. that that wouldn't even have ran through your head if that thing was like moving fast or looked like he was alert you yep. probably would have been like nope i'm not shooting that far but mm -hmm. because of his demeanor and what he was doing and how how chill he was how slow he was moving that's that plays a huge role in those long shots yep. it definitely does so back to you know he turned his head he was behind that bush turned his head and i felt like he ran off so then like you'll see in the footage when the when the when the show comes out but you'll see like i was really optimistic i didn't want to be like yeah you know like i i just killed him because i didn't know like i right. i, I could have grazed his belly so i was really like man i i don't know what just happened like you know i i don't know if i grazed the belly or whatnot and yada yada i was really like i don't know i was really confused on how he ran off the field and i'm like this is this can't be good you a little know, bit of doubt, if anything. You're like, oh, A lot shit. of doubt. Yeah. Yep, a lot of doubt. So then I'm like, I got to get down. I got to get down and go look at my arrow. So I get down. I creep over there. I had to be cautious, though, because where he ran up to, when I get to my arrow, if he was laying there, still alive, he could see me, like where I last saw him. So that was running through my head, and I'm like, just be quiet. Go look at it and, and just see what we got. So I crept up there got to the arrow blood i mean the arrow is covered in blood and i'm like okay so then i started getting chills i'm like <laughs> okay this could be good this could be good i felt like initially the shot was low and there was blood on the ground right there and i am shooting a new broadhead this year i'm shooting what's called a helix it's a single bevel uh fixed blade broadhead broadhead it's 125 grains with a heavier you know, with a heavier arrow set up this year. And it's the first fixed blade I've shot in 12 or 13 years, probably. Might be a little bit longer than that. Um, but I, I've been having troubles with pass-throughs and getting two holes. This, it buried all the way almost up to the fletching and the dirt behind the deer. And That's I'm like, awesome. so yeah, at 54 yards too. So my initial thought is like, okay, what's running through my head? I got to get a hold of my buddy Ben, like get him here, and so I could get some help. Casey was on a different farm; he had no service. I didn't have any service, and it was still daylight. So I get a hold of Ben. I'm like, hey, all I did is I text him. I said, "Arrow sent," and he texts me back, says, "On my way." Perfect. So, yeah, I leave the arrow right there. I go up to the tree, get all the stuff out of the tree, and I creep out of there. Get back to to where I'm meeting Ben at, and we go through the footage. I'm looking at the footage, and I'm like, man, in fast motion, I'm like, I smoked this deer. When I slow it down, I'm like, I hit him low. 
like something and this is going to be a long night. Right. So Ben's like, let me record it on my phone and see if we can slow it down a little better because it's hard to see on the little LCD screen. Right. You can go frame by frame like in your yep. camera roll. Yep, for sure. So we did that and he's like, just let it play out through the whole way that the deer, you know, after he ran and everything. So we record it and I'm looking at the camera and he's looking at his phone and everything. And he goes, AB, I go, what? He goes, he fell right there, right behind that bush. He fell down. He went down on camera? Yes. That's what he said. And I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. I kept saying that. There's no way, Ben. Not a a chance. I didn't (laughs) see him go down. I said, I felt like he ran up the hill. He goes, watch this. And he plays it back in slow-mo. And I'm like, okay, he may have fell right there. And you can see that like tail flicker, like the, you know, like the, oh man, I'm hurt. Like Like, tail uh flicker, you know? And I'm like, there's no way he's right there. So anyway, I had to wait for Casey. I called him. He, I had to have him get another camera, get the lights. Like I wasn't prepared for a track job (laughs) and I needed him to film it. So he finally gets there and and we head back and I was like, what I want to do is I want to get to the arrow. We're going through a game plan. I want to get to the arrow and pick it up from there. Try to find blood, and then we're just going to trail him. Yep, go do the recovery. Yep, got to the arrow. Casey's rolling. I get the arrow, talk about it, whatnot, and I'm I'm finding a little bit of blood. And finally, curiosity got to the best of me because I'm 50 yards from where I last saw him. And I told Casey, I said, I think I'm just going to go up and, and look and see if he's laying right there. I took three steps, white belly, rack right there. <laughs> done. Nice, dude. He, he was ran gone 50 right yards there. and died on camera. And no I was way. like, I didn't see that part, though. You know, and Ben was right. He's like, he's laying right there. And I'm like, no way, dude. And when I re- when I walked up on him, wow. Like, I was excited with the Hambino. This year, I think I might have been a little more excited about because he is a massive, just stud of a deer. And it was unbelievable, dude. <laughs> That's <laughs> so cool, right now, dude. About it. That's so awesome. Just a big yeah. old Illinois buck, dude. The bodies on those deer are just massive out there, too. Yeah. Well, I'll get to the body here in a second, but... Went up there, we did our filming and everything and kind of flipped him over, figured out where I hit him. I hit him, it, I mean, it couldn't have been any any better. When we were skinning him out, it went through both lungs and took out the bottom part of his heart. Oh, and, no way, smoked him. Yeah, it couldn't have been any better, honestly. And, you know, we were, I, we were, I was playing through my head with Casey and Ben and those guys, like trying to figure out like why that deer bounded off that way. Well, the best thing I could think of was he didn't have a care in the world. He was just doing deer things. He was out there eating in a bean field like he's been eating in a bean field his whole life. And he gets shot, and I think it took him 50 yards until he stopped. And he was leaking blood right there. There's blood all over where he stopped, but I couldn't see it because he was behind a bush. But I think it took that long for him to be like, oh, my gosh, I feel weird. You yeah. know, like he didn't even know he was hit. Right. You know, just, he honestly didn't know he was hit. Yeah. It, yeah. The arrow went, zipped him through so quick that it was just like, man, I don't know what just happened. Yeah, like getting cut with like a really sharp knife. You don't even feel it for a exactly. minute. Exactly. You know? Yeah, so and then the pain really starts. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. About 50 yards later, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm bleeding out. What's going on? Yeah. So, no, dude, it was it was awesome. He, he actually has a 10th point. He's got a G4 on the right that's about an inch and a half long, which I didn't see. Um so it was pretty cool, but he scored 145 and and three eighths as a nine pointer. Oh crap, dude! That's a big good nine. Buck. Yeah, yep. And uh, we got him back, and you know we hung him up with the guts and everything in him before we before we gutted him. We took pictures and everything before that, and then and then hung him up. He weighed 250 pounds on the hoof, 
and he was just a massive deer. <laughs> Big white tail, dude. Yeah. That is awesome, man. What a cool story, too. Like, after the rain, and that's freaking awesome, dude. And then you yeah. shot him at half a football field. Like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even picture it that, or think of it that way. Yeah, it's half a football field. Dude, that's a poke. It is. Yeah, and, and you, honestly. And you smoked him. Yeah, it was worked out perfect and great footage. I can't wait for, wait for everybody to see it. I'm going to try like heck to get it out this week um, for digital. If not this week, next week, I've got a lot on my plate right now, but I'm trying to chip away at the edit. Um, so people will be able to see it, but I'll, I'll let everybody know beforehand, you know, when it's going to go out, but you know, dude, it, it worked out perfect. We've never seen that deer before. Um, but honestly, I think that deer was bedded within 150 to 200 yards of me when I got in the stand, like on that other hillside. Um, and that just goes to show you, I think the entry really is what helped me kill that deer and why I looped around so I wouldn't be seen or skylit or anything like that. And just being real quiet, honestly, and having a consistent wind, um, you know, helped, but also having that, that little rain front come through, I think really helped getting that deer up early too. Cause it just stopped raining, you know, two hours before he got up, you know, so. Yeah. I think that, and probably a little bit of adapting to, you know, the whole trip and kind of learning as you go, you know, cause you, you saw those deer move after that first rain front. So you kind of had that in the back of your mind. And then, uh, you know, obviously not hunting the mornings. So you're like, well, I might be doing some damage here. So I right. think, I think it's probably a combination of everything we've talked about that kind of, you know, kind of all came together. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, like I said, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I wouldn't have went into that stand Monday night when the big deer daylighted because it was, you know, nothing was really showing up on that camera. And then when he daylighted after the rain and I had a carbon copy of a day, two days later, I'm like, I got to go. This is the best chance I have. He came in 620 and I smacked him, man, and it worked out great. Dude, that's awesome, man. Holy crap. That's so cool. Yep. It was cool, and I'm glad I got that monkey off my back. So Illinois is checked off the list. Now it's Ohio. I'm leaving I, I thought 25th. you were going to make me come film you out there. Not so much. <laughs> Not so much. I don't need you now. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yep. I'm, so, uh, I'm gearing up to leave for Ohio on the 25th. I'll be there from the 25th to the 6th of November and try to get that uh, that little monkey off my back. That'll be a heck of a season if I can get one down there too. That's awesome, man. I've, I've never shot one this early in October, so that's a pretty cool story how you how you made it happen. Yep. No, it was, it was really cool. So, yeah, that's the story of my 2021 Illinois buck kill. <laughs> so Very sweet, dude. I can't wait to watch that video. That's yep. that's awesome. Well, thank you, dude, for coming on and kind of being the somewhat a co-host there. Hey, uh, hey, I no kind of took over the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's in your nature to do that. It's okay. <laughs> I'm a host at nature, so. <laughs> hey, you asked me to co-host. I know I just got to sit here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know you, you're one of my only friends that does, isn't working today. So I'm like, ah, let's, you know, let's record. So for sure, man, I have a fun, I have fun doing this. It's always a good time for sure. Yeah. Well, appreciate it, buddy. So everybody, thank you very much for all the support and all the all the downloads. If you guys could please go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and leave a written review. That'd be greatly appreciated. And don't forget, we'll be right here next week on the Fall Podcast.